Welcome along, listeners. You are listening to the R Effect Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this series, which explores key sustainability themes and concepts and highlights how we can make a difference both here on campus and globally. My name's Jake. And I'm George. And we're your hosts today. Here's what you can be expecting today. To round off the week, this week, listeners, we have double the fun, two very special guests today talking about sustainability in courses at Falmouth University. We're speaking to one member of the graphics department and one member of the School of Entrepreneurship. We will be discussing with them where sustainability fits into their courses and what are the major challenges and opportunities in their sectors. Without further ado, we are delighted to welcome Mr. Stephen Bond to the podcast. Welcome, Steve. Hello. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? Yes, yes, pretty good today. All right, George? Yeah, really good. Really good. Where are you talking to us from? I am in my office, my personal office, not my campus office. I have a little studio in town in a lovely little room, which I share the building with a lot of other creatives. So it's a great, great space. And is this your first podcast you've done? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I've spoken on the radio about a couple of things before, thinking oh, about it. No podcast. And I'm, uh, I'm not really into podcasts. I listen to a few, but I know that there's, a, you know, such a rich world out there now in podcasts. And uh, I need to stop being old and getting into... Uh, getting into them you know that's very kind you uh, put our podcast in the good light and decided yeah i want to hook on to that indeed and i've listened to your first one and it was very interesting and very informative and you know it's such a unique way to be able to get to hear people's thoughts in a way so without further ado for the listeners could you give us an oversight to your role at the university and for which university that's for Yes, yes. So it's Falmouth University, based down here on the Wood Lane campus, and it's for graphic design, which is in the School of Communication. So besides your working profession, um, have you got any other extracurricular interests that you can tell us about? Yes, well, I have, I guess, and that's why I know you two, really. I started a a business um, trying to buy and sell uh, alternative fuel, like a biodiesel of sorts, um, which has a markedly less carbon footprint than your average diesel so it's a product that's not available in the uk and i want some and so it seems the best way <laughs> to get them is to start a business so i can them off myself um so it's cut called other oils and um that's how we all first met isn't it because i got in contact with you guys about discussing the possibilities for other oils and university collaborations yeah that's true yeah and you um, got the idea from wanting to power your VW camper, was it, on a, a different fuel source? Well, remember, George, that is exactly right, because I've got a lovely T4, which I uh, adore, but it runs on diesel and it does about six miles to the gallon and is a poisonous old beast, like 20 years <laughs> old or something. So it just seemed the thing I love most was also the thing that was doing the most destruction. So that was the irony was too much for me. And there was a lovely um, graduate called Charlotte who was on the course, actually. And um, we talked about it a lot while she was a student. And when she graduated, we talked about it some more. And then so she's gone into business with me. So we're the directors of this company. So we're trying to push that forward. So I do that when I'm not doing my lecturing. 
Fantastic. Could you elaborate to the listeners what exactly is biodiesel? Yes. Okay. That's um because biodiesel is a term that's been bandied around for quite a long time. There was a bit of a resurgence of it about 10, 15 years ago, but that was very much derivative of used cooking oils. Um, so from restaurants and cafes and often very local um, and small amounts. But the thing is with the one that we're dealing with, I think alternative fuel is probably a better term mm. to use. And it's actually called HVO which stands for hydro-treated vegetable oil. And it's quite a magic mix of lots of things. Yes, vegetable oil, but there's also seed oils in there. There's also animal oils. Um, it, it's quite a, a bit more of a complex setup than biodiesels as people think of them, because people often say about it smelling of chips and <laughs> things like that, because they're imagining it being all from a chippies. It's not really like that at all anymore. So this stuff, HVO, is made in Finland. It doesn't seem to be made at all in the UK, and it really doesn't seem to be sold. We found one or two companies that are selling HVO, but it's incredibly um, small scale so far. Really can't get it here. Very difficult for individuals and smaller businesses to get hold of it. So that's what we want to do in other oils. We want to make it more accessible Great. to more people. Yes, it's an incredible product. It's 100% renewable raw materials, so completely fossil free. And it's also got 80% waste and residue as a content. So, you know, four-fifths of it was stuff that wasn't even going to be used for mm. anything else. So it's wonderful in terms of that more circular Energy economy. Waste. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, the big sell is that it's got 90% less CO2 emissions. Well, other oils is a good step in the right direction, I think. You could argue so, yeah. I mean, um, you know, there are problems with it. But something like an alternative diesel for the vehicles that are out there now has got to be something that um, can be part of the solution, I think. Definitely. Think about the amount of camper vans that come down to Cornwall each summer, or mm. usually would, I guess. They could be a huge market, I guess, for uh, yeah. alternative no. oils. Absolutely. So the only thing is it's not available and it's slightly more expensive, but we can make it available. And I think people are willing to pay a small increase in order to get a very different product. So, I mean, it's a wonder product as far as I can see. So I think people would be into it if it was available to them. Awesome. So besides your eco ventures yeah. and enthusiasm, we brought you in today to talk about your work as a lecturer mm -hmm. and how you're looking at embedding sustainability more into your practice. So we were going to talk in particular about the Choices Choices module that you ran or coordinated earlier this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A few months ago, well, just before lockdown, actually. So could you give an overview of the key aim or message of Choices Choices? Yes, I certainly could. I mean, um, in the wider, kind of to give you a bit of a background, in graphics, there is a section within the second year called Collaborative Practice. And it's essentially about bringing in agents from the outside, as it were, into the course. So the student gets a little bit more of a broader spectrum of influences about where and how their work could flourish kind of thing and all the members of staff get to do their own version of what they think collaborative practice should be so i wanted to do a module that was very much about uh, collaborating with agents that i guess are involved in the kind of environmental sector and uh, that world and so it was in that context that i started choices choices and how really graphic designers um, play such a key role well, they, in, in a way, in supporting all sorts of practices that are rather unsavoury, you know, uh, let's face it, all the things that we talk about and all the things that we're concerned about are usually things that we've purchased, you know, we've bought. It's a kind of, you consume 
um, these problems in a way, don't you? And um, visual communication is a key part to that. Um, essentially selling you stuff, usually stuff you don't need, and usually stuff that's um, detrimental to the environment. We need to use our skills for the good, basically. And positive stuff as well, so like conveying really complex information and really yes. good stuff yeah. um, that yeah. scientists can't do, yeah. you need to do. Yeah, totally, yeah. That's actually a good point, and that, relevant to George, I guess, the ESI at the University of Exeter is such an excellent example of that, um, the environment and Sustainability Institute, they seem to have adopted an excellent role in between science and kind of visual communication. And I'd like to think that we in the School of Communication can play a more active role, I guess, in that channel. Yeah, definitely. They've um, got a really cool project that usually goes on in the ESI called Creative Exchange, where they show different pieces of research through yeah. art and yeah. design. Yeah. Um, and anyone that hasn't been there should definitely head up to the ESI and yeah. check out. What was like the brief you gave them and sort of the outcomes that they were going to achieve? Well, I try to be quite broad in my brief, Jake. I mean, it's probably not with briefs generally in design. I think uh, to be concise and to be clear is quite helpful. But within this module, which was like six weeks long and slightly unusual within the context of the wider degree, I wanted to give them a little bit more room. So I allowed Great. them to explore ver any media they wanted, really. And in terms of a product, really to go wild. You know, it can be print, it could be film, it could be photography, it could be sound. I um, keyed up the module with four main speakers and the students were to react to the content that they brought to the table. And this just go and sort of run with the thing that did it for you most, you know, or the thing that troubled you most or yeah. moved you most. And so... There was a really broad range all the way from I had a great local guy called Rich Hardy, who used to work for Surface Against Sewerage, but is now big into um, animal activists, mm. kind of animal rights man, wrote a book called um, Not As Nature Intended. So he was all about um, factory farming and how we kind of deal with animals and how we get food on our plates. Then I had a guy called Mukti Mitchell. His thing is uh, he's from the Schumacher. I don't know if you know that name, but Schumacher, E.F. Schumacher was a writer, German writer. Way back in the day, he wrote a book called Small is Beautiful. Mukti is kind of connected with the Schumacher College that are based up in Totnes, which do some wonderful work around sustainability and green thinking. And so we got him down about low carbon economy and how low carbon can very much equal happiness. So mm. kind of the correlation between all the things that make you happy, basically, are low carbon. There was a guy called Will Skeeping, which was all mm -hmm. SAR, and just about how they're trying to get their point across. And then the fourth guy was a guy from the council, wonderful guy, um, who was all about the kind of waste and the sort of how we deal with our waste in, in Cornwall. So that was a really broad range for them to choose from. And so the students could kind of find their favourite part of that and just produce some work which responded to it, really. So when you made your Choices Choices module, yeah. was there like a light bulb moment for you where you were like, I want to do this course, I want to do this this module i think um working in graphics for quite a long time or working in teaching for quite a long time i've been quite frustrated about the lack of focus on sustainability and the climate emergency especially since those kind of terms have been utilized you know like since the ipcc mm. report and you know like the xr and all that language about emergency and it just seems perhaps the step change hasn't been drastic enough you know we're starting to use words like emergency, but we're not yeah. responding and reacting to them in, in, in the same. The two things that really did it 
was that book called The Future We Choose yeah, by Chris Figaris and Rivet Karnak. And that book was great um, because it's very positive. There was another one that was much more scary, which completely did my head in. It's called The Uninhabitable Earth. Yes, I mean, no. yes, I have read that book. Have um, you? It's scary. It's too much, isn't it? I mean, that first line, I've never been the same. It is worse, much worse than you think. That's the first line. Really? There are some positives in it, aren't there? He does say, you know, things can be done, but realistically, we're not doing enough, I think, is the overall message. I don't, I don't, see, the long t- I don't see the long way away anymore. You know, no. I see the kind of like heat waves in February and I see, the, you know, the California fires and I see, you know, all the other things that we read about all the time. And it's yeah. like, I know that is the kind of current narrative a bit, isn't it? Like it's here. It's yeah, not it's here. projecting forward. It's kind of here. Was it, was it a real highlight, some of the work that came out of that for you, the student work? Yes, it was. There was some cracking work. Really great. I mean, the two best were two apps, I think, off the top of my head. Oh, they were apps. Oh, wow. Okay. Apps. And I mean, incredibly extensive planning of apps as well. They, I mean, we didn't actually create them. You know, they're not apps that you can download now. But Concepts. Steps, concepts for and visuals for apps that are exceptional pieces of work from a couple of um, students. And I, I think the broad uh, sort of output was exciting as well. You know, it was very many different things uh, which covered a lot of different subject matter. Mm, great stuff. So we talked about how it might get space in the Creative Bridge very soon. So everyone keep your eyes out for links, news to that. Yeah. What do you feel some of the major challenges are concerning sustainability in graphics as, you know, the department, the sector... Maybe just a way of life as a graphic designer? Mm, what do you think? That's a broad question, isn't it? I think, I suppose what we're saying and what Choices Choices tried to do is about attitude, I suppose, and about perspective and about knowledge. All designers, all young designers and old designers need to come at things from a certain point of view. They need to come at things from a climate emergency point of view. And therefore, that means everything. That It affects everything that they do, right? Mm. So, to name things like make sure you always use recycled paper and make sure your printers aren't a printers that use toxic inks and, and a massive amount of water. And they're all very important, of course. They're not to be dismissed, but you want to get involved in the subject matter that's above that. So what the work entails, who the work's for, you know, what's the ultimate goal of the company that you're creating this campaign for, you know? Are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? So perhaps part of the opportunity then on the counter side of this whole conversation is hopefully there's been that transition, hasn't there, of young people and older people as well realising this stuff from everything that's going on. So hopefully people are going to come into the graphics course now with a bit more of an understanding, so it's going to be a bit of an easier leg up to really catapult it. No, totally. But I would say there's a lot more graphic design could do as a course and at the School of Communication in general. And hopefully the powers that be will be pushing a lot harder in certain areas. And I just think as a university, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk from the people on the high in Bramford University and in Exeter. Obviously, they both declared climate emergency last summer, right? So they sort of put it out there. But surely the university's job as well is to be at the forefront of things and to really push things. So they need to be radical. You know, that word, I think, could be useful to be brought back into the lexicon that we use more, you know? That's it, isn't it? So then we have to catch up. Great and, point. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I agree. And, yeah, I want to be part, I want graphics to be part of that. Brilliant stuff. It has been wonderful and insightful to talk to you today, Steve. Well, thanks very much for inviting me, and you two are a legend to have around. Thanks yeah. a lot for coming on. Pleasure.
So our next guest on the programme today is heading up two new sustainability-focused courses for Falmouth University in the School of Entrepreneurship, and we're delighted to welcome him. It's Mr. Paul Russell. Hello, Paul. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. Welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. Could you outline your role for me and which university you work for? Of course. Senior lecturer and course leader at Falmouth University, and that's within the School of Entrepreneurship. Fantastic. And um, before we shift the focus to your new courses that we're going to be excitedly talking about today, um, what modules have you taught over your time here in Falmouth? Um, A whole host. My background uh, started in marketing. I then went into hospitality and event operations. Um, So I deliver both marketing modules and some of the operations modules, things like live events and working with clients. And besides your working profession as a lecturer, Paul, have you got any extracurricular interests you want to tell us about, tell the listeners about, anything about you? Well, as I said, my background was in hospitality and event operations. And part of that time I was as a chef. So food was and still is a big part of my life. Life Um, is food. Life is food and wine. And (laughs) other than that, um, we've got a lovely cocker spaniel called Ruby. Is she your little daughter? She is indeed. In fact, one of the main reasons we moved to Cornwall was so that she had beaches to run on. (laughs) George, do you have a dog? I do not. I wish we had a dog. I've only got a hamster. Doesn't get more exciting than a hamster. I think if you took that to the beach to walk it, you might end up losing it. And we've mentioned, obviously, you've been in a podcast before with us. Yes. Yeah, it was on um, sustainable food and we've looked at some vegan recipes. Yeah. So check out on Mixcloud Jake Causley and find the introduction to veggie vegan cooking to hear about Paul's chefing experience, if you wish to dive into that. But for sustainability today, you are launching two brand new courses into Falmouth's catalogue. Could you tell us a bit more about what these courses are and give us a little bit of an overview? Two courses, one sustainable festival management and the other is sustainable tourism management. Both of these are what we call accelerated degrees. So that's a two-year degree and they're both, they've both been designed and are delivered in collaboration with the Eden Project. So exciting. Wow, they sound yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And part of the time that students spend uh, on the course is actually spent at the Eden Project. So that involves various live projects, as well as things like getting involved in the Eden sessions and just the Eden Project as a tourist attraction as well. Mm. That's brilliant. I went yeah. to the Eden sessions a couple of years ago and yeah, it's a really, really cool venue. So I, yeah, imagine being a student on that. It'd be great to get involved. Who did you see? I saw Ben Howard. Ooh. He was good. He was playing on the same year that Jack Jonathan played and wish I could have got to see him because yeah, he'd be brilliant. That's awesome. And Paul, you've been as well, haven't you? <laughs> Yes. See, my musical taste might be slightly different. <laughs> the last one that I think I was there for was Kylie Minogue. Um, oh, I love it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's like the massive um, artist to get at the Eden sessions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we did have tickets for Lionel Richie. Oh. So again, I'm showing my musical tastes, but unfortunately, <laughs> Lionel cancelled this year um, oh. due to the situation. But hopefully, I think he's back next year. Oh, that'd be great. So taught under the School of Entrepreneurship, correct? Yeah. I always find it yeah, very hard to part say of, that. Um, part of a suite of programmes that we refer to as experience design, and that includes um, creative events management as well. And this is all around the notion that people are spending more of their time and more of their resource, more money, enjoying experiences and less on material possessions. So the programmes allow graduates to design 
implement and, and execute high quality sustainable experiences either in festivals events or tourism great that sounds really exciting you're, you're selling it to us you've done your reading Thank you. yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like assessment then that's something that really interests me so how, how are you sort of assessing sustainability and like people knowing what they're on about in a way yeah we base our approach to sustainability on triple bottom line approach so whether that's environmental sustainability commercial and economic sustainability or cultural and social sustainability so there is always an aspect of one of those at least within modules and within assessments we also use the sustainable development goals um, and we've embedded those within the program so there's reference points to what is considered to be good practice in kind of everything we do. And the thing with sustainability is it, it's something that is changing. It is you do have conflicting and contradictory information sometimes mm. about what is and what isn't sustainable. So part of what we do is provide students with the ability to and make their own mind up and balance the evidence that is available to them. And they have to then sort of articulate that and put that in a in a strong, cohesive argument. You know, that's really how we approach um, the assessment part of it. It's, it's them trying to convince and persuade us that the approach that they have taken is uh, is sustainable. And that's like transferred to any walk of life, really, like a bit of critical thinking when it comes to sustainability goes a long way. Yeah. Absolutely. If you look at something like tourism, for instance, you know, it is a, a massive polluter. So you could argue, well, how could we say uh, that tourism can be sustainable? But what we're looking at is well, where are we now? Where's the current situation? And how can we make the industry more sustainable? You know, so what are the positive steps that we can take? But also we look at what the actual really beneficial element of tourism and festivals are and things like cultural tourism and um, festivals and, and gatherings of human beings is something that we see as incredibly important in our lives as as human beings so from that point of view both festivals and tourism are actually a real benefit and a really positive impact we just need to understand how we can reduce and offset the negative impact that those activities can have as well such a great way of thinking about it like the humanistic side and um, certainly the local economy would be lost without tourists so yeah absolutely and think of all the, of the community and cultural traditions that are kept alive through festivals without those festivals you know a lot of what we see is our identity either uh, as people living in the UK or people living in Cornwall or, or wherever we live yeah a lot of that identity is based on our um, cultural traditions and our and our heritage and festivals and tourism keep that heritage alive absolutely so you seem really passionate about this yeah absolutely was there an eco epiphany for you in terms of like making these courses i mean the courses are a, are a team effort so you know i do not want to take any <laughs> personal credit for anything that's been done but from a personal motivation point of view i think moving from birmingham to cornwall did awake an interest and um, I don't know if it's something about living in such a, a beautiful natural landscape that kind of heightens your perception of sustainable practice and it just seems to stick with you a lot more but also the school and, and the creative events management programs that we have they already had a really strong flavor of sustainable practice in them so we took that and, and working with Eden 
that sort of allowed us to expand on it even more so that's really great to hear it sounds like the school of entrepreneurship is pretty pretty on it yeah, yeah. absolutely i like to think so <laughs> we've touched on this already a little bit so entrepreneurship and i guess like business as a study how do you feel like sustainability is super relevant to that yeah i mean if if we're just looking at a an economic point of view on why businesses and why entrepreneurs should understand and act in accordance with you know sustainable principles there are lots of strong business cases that can be made for it if we are managing our resources more effectively and more efficiently there can be cost savings to those but also consumers are demanding that businesses are acting in a sustainable and in an ethical way and you know there is a demand and there is a premium put on organizations that have strong green credentials and that can be very valuable and very very important and very profound in how a business actually sets itself up now the danger of course and the the downside is that you get this kind of greenwashing where lots of organizations can claim that they um, behave sustainably or claim that they have um, sustainable approaches and a sustainable ethos and they're, they're doing it all for the planet. But, you know, sometimes when you look under the skin, yeah, you get this kind of greenwashing. Mm. So what we strive for is authenticity and we strive to make sure that sustainability is really at the core of the offering. It isn't an additional something that's bolted on. So yeah, one of the modules, for instance, is a uh, is a business plan module. Okay. But what we're looking at is when setting that business up, what are the core sustainable activities that you are contributing to? So it's not about okay, let's minimise our impact. It's about what is the positive impact that your business is going to make. So maybe this might be a bit of a tricky one, but for consumers if there are companies who are genuinely operating to be sustainable because it's what they believe in but also companies that might be greenwashing mm -hmm. do you have any tips or any um, ways that people can spot the difference between these two yep um so a lot of organizations will sign up to certain conventions or accreditation schemes uh, so for instance one of the ones that we look at within um, particularly our festival program is an organization called a greener festival and this is an organization that actually accredit our program. We're the first program in the world to be accredited by them. But what they do is they go out and they assess and audit a festival's practice. They will then produce a report. They rate that festival in terms of their level of uh, sustainable practice. And they make recommendations and show them how to improve. So look for, in this case, festivals, look for festivals that align themselves to organizations such as a greener festival. Festivals like Shambhala, for instance. Okay, great. It's really interesting. Restaurants, you know, Sustainable Restaurant Association. So look for those restaurants that are part of that accreditation scheme. Yeah. And it's just a way of having some externality. So some external stamp of approval that comes and looks at what you're doing and recognizes that you are doing well in terms of sustainability brilliant really insightful thank you do you touch on b corps much no it, well we haven't but this is something that i've been learning about ah. um, recently so it's not a scheme that um, i was particularly aware of but it's been brought to my attention mm. actually so yeah this is something that i'm 
I'm going to be looking quite a out. surge of sudden. I suddenly see it like kind of everywhere and um, like very, very similar to your course in a way, as, as far as I, I know. It's a checklist for a business to go through to get an accreditation, which is very based on the sustainable development goals and sort of, yeah, focusing not only on environmental impact, but societal sort of gain and the company's values as a sense as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think there's so much information out there. And, you know, like George was saying, it's so difficult for consumers to make a decision about every single purchase that they go through so you know aligning yourself with companies that have this accreditation it's, it's definitely it saves time if, if nothing else <laughs> so what i touch on next just a bit about challenges and opportunities your sustainability courses are probably some of the first in the uk I guess, to have that sustainability as like a label for the course. That's challenging, probably as much as exciting, isn't it? Because do you feel there might be an expectation in everything you do? You mean we've, we've got to get it right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But that's what we're looking at. That's why we're here, you know, and that is why we've gone to the trouble of uh, reaching out to these accrediting bodies to you know to to check that what we're doing is currently seen to be you know the most effective route um, and I'll just say as well we're not the first um, course to have sustainability as the title of course there's um, another Falmouth program uh, sustainable product design mm. that sort of led that way but certainly within tourism and festivals and events we're the only course that I'm aware of and certainly within the UK to have sustainability at the real heart of what we're doing. Very good yeah. core central values. Have you had to make any sort of, um, I know we talked before about sort of practical considerations to do a sustainability? Yeah. Well, one thing that we're wrestling with currently actually is we do have, and we have designed within the tourism program, a, a an international residential trip. And the reason for that is that it's, you know, it's, it's a vital learning opportunity to be able to engage in a destination management project and doing it on an international scale brings so much value in terms of the learning experience. But of course, we've now got to consider what our impact is, you know, what our footprint is for those activities. So we'll be wrestling with looking at different types of transport, weighing the speed of air transport against the more sustainable approach of, let's say, train transport. Mm. We'll be looking at the benefit that we'll bring to the destinations when we're going out and working with those destination management organizations. But also, you know, we'll be looking at the impact that we're making. So, yeah, you know, we don't shy away from the fact that there are difficult decisions to make and not everything we do has a zero impact but that is it's in our thought processes and that's what we're working towards you know we're working towards making sure that we are having a positive impact but like you said yeah there are practical considerations that are very difficult and lots of organizations and individuals wrestle with these decisions every day mm. it's almost like a case study in itself for the students to consider like oh your field trip yeah. What's the uh, pros and cons? Yeah, well, what we're going to do, and this sort of speaks to the social sustainability of it as well to some degree, is students are, are going to be actively involved in that decision-making process. Wow. So, you know, where are we going? How are we getting there? So it's, it's that sort of thing. But also we'll be looking at, well, is there anything that students can do in their own personal practice that is potentially going to offset any impact that our travel makes? So, you know, maybe students might agree that they will not go on another flight that year 
if we decide that you know we are going to be flying wow that's great yeah that's really interesting i would definitely love to hear what the outcome of that is because i bet there'll be a lot of split um, opinions on that i remember i studied geography at university and we had a trip to california and it was brought up on the on the trip about whether you know studying geography learning about the environment and sustainability whether we should be flying a whole year group across america and yeah some of some of my classmates said we shouldn't be doing this Mm-hmm. We could do the trip in Europe somewhere or even in the UK. But other people were very adamant that they'd chosen this course because they wanted to go to America, have this amazing field trip. And so if you're giving it, um, letting the students decide and um, have an opinion on it, yeah, that'd be really, really interesting what they decide they want to do. Amazing. Great approach. I was going to round off then, Paul, just in general, looking at entrepreneurship as a department, as a sector. What would you say some of the major challenges are? concerning sustainability in the business world? Um, I think it harks back a little bit to what we said earlier, but the complexity of the decision-making required, it's the sort of greyness of the information that is available to us. And it is incredibly difficult sometimes to be able to make an informed decision. There is always, you know, an overriding or, or at least a very strong um, attention to the cost of, of anything. Um, so sometimes it's within an, a business's sort of commercial interest to not behave in a responsible, mm. uh, sustainable way. But I think we need to make sure that the information is more readily available so that, you know, at least we're making informed decisions. And contrastingly, then, what do you believe are some of the opportunities in the entrepreneurship sector? At a time when different governments around the world are approaching sustainability differently, let's say, um, (laughs) some very proactive, um, a lot, a lot of not very proactive at all. and, And actually, seemingly the situation is getting worse in some countries so i think that is a real challenge um but we know that consumers and we know that people are calling for products experiences services whatever it might be that are sustainable so there is a demand out there and i actually see businesses as potentially being at the forefront of improving sustainable practice almost by default because seemingly we can't necessarily rely on governments to do that for us. That's brilliant. Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me and George today. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Thank you once again, Paul, for joining us on the RFEC podcast. Cheers. This has been the RFEC podcast with me, Jake. And me, George. We hope you've enjoyed this episode all about sustainable courses. Big thank you to our guests today and of course all of you for listening. If this hasn't satisfied your sustainability cravings enough, then do check out the other episodes in our series which explore many other themes and topics. You can stream this episode and all the others in the series on demand anytime, anywhere on Spotify and a host of other platforms, all accessible via Anchor site. Head to anchor.fm forward slash r dash effect dash pod for links and all the information. Finally, if you would like to contact myself and George on the R-Effect podcast about the show, about content, about anything you want, pop us an email. 
sustainability at fxplus.ac.uk is what you need to send it to.